Full free agency has officially kicked off, and what are some realistic moves the San Francisco Giants could make this offseason? And hey, what about on the pitching side, on the coaching staff, with Brian Bannister leaving and Andrew Bailey possibly following him out the door? Are we going to have a repeat of the Donnie Ecker situation? We'll get to those questions and many more next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since way back now in 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there if you have not already. And please hit that subscribe button uh, wherever it is that you're following the show. As I turn off, I realize my alarm is about to go off and I'm going to turn it off. And yes, Uh, Coming up on today's show, it is going to be a mailbag edition of the show. Thank you so much again to everyone who submitted questions on Twitter. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. I have mine. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And so jumping right into the mailbag questions, Josh says, realistically, who do the Giants land this offseason? And I think it like all the offseason questions kind of boil down to this is like people want to know who are they going to get? And so uh, realistically, that's always tough because I like to think optimistically and, um, you know, the last couple of off seasons, I've thought much bigger than what ended up happening. Although I was kind of right last off season predicting they would do something big. They certainly tried and they had an agreement with Carlos Correa um, and it fell apart due to a freak thing. So realistically, this off, off season, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that they land a top starting pitcher first and for I don't know first and foremost but just that's the strength of this free agent market you're looking at I think any of these guys are in play Yoshinobu Yamamoto out of Japan whom you know experts are kind of calling the be- the second best player in this class a class that includes Shohei Otani and so uh Yoshinobu Yamamoto potentially a special talent, only 25 years old, a starting pitcher. I I think he is a realistic uh, candidate for the Giants, for sure. I mean, Farhan Zaidi was in Japan. He flew to Japan to watch this guy. So obviously, like, you don't do that if you're not legitimately interested in in the player. Um, You know, other starting pitchers who are some of the you know, other top-ish, top-of-the-rotation type starting pitchers, Blake Snell, I think less likely probably because he has command issues and the Giants 
focus a lot on command in the last couple years and in 2021, they've been near the top, if not at the top in terms of lowest walk rate and Snell struggles with that. And so maybe not him, but you know, he's going to win the Cy Young award probably. And I'm not ruling out a player like him. Aaron Nola is another possibility. Uh, Jordan Montgomery. These are all starting pitchers that I'm naming right now. Uh, for now, Eduardo Rodriguez, and then you, uh, Sonny Gray, and then you kind of start to fall out of the top tier starter list. Marcus Stroman, though, is another name, uh, you know, and, and we can look at, and I am looking at MLB trade rumors, uh, contract predictions. Now we have ESPN, and it is a good ESPN author. Not all of them are like the most trustworthy, but Kylie McDaniel. He worked for the Atlanta Braves and as a scout and was at Fangraphs as their like lead prospect analyst. And so he's pretty good. And I think a lot of these predictions are good. And these are starting pitchers all expected to get deals, you know, typically north of 100 million, except when we talk about, um, I think, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez and Sonny Gray. But part of that, like with Sonny Gray, is that he's older. So anyway, Top end starting pitcher, I could definitely see it happening. And then um, besides that, I do think realistically, like you could definitely see, like I feel like there's kind of dots being connected with Matt Chapman. There's, you know, the connection with Bob Melvin from his time in Oakland. There's the familiarity with the Bay Area. There's kind of potentially a need to upgrade at third with J.D. Davis kind of wearing down a little bit down the stretch and and uh Chapman gives you that floor of defense. JD Davis was much improved defensively, but Chapman's just a guy that you don't worry about. He's just going to be like unplayable. Well, he is streaky, so I I don't really know, but I think that some stars align there, but then also I think um when we start looking at athleticism and outfield I look at Jung-Hoo Lee out of Korea. So it would be very, very interesting to get the best player out of Japan in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, the pitcher, and the best player out of Korea in Jung-Hoo Lee. Lee is expected to get a much more reasonable, I mean, much less expensive contract. But anyway, I, I just really think these guys are, are realistic. Those are just some names. And I bet you... I bet you I would bet a lot that the Giants end up with one of the names I just mentioned, at least um, this offseason and then kind of moves around the margins as well. I could certainly see and then trades. It's hard to predict who they would trade for. You know, like you never know. Um, there's a lot of players out there who could help them in trades. You know, you look at some of the talent on the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, there are definitely teams out there that have like position player talent and the giants have like a depth of young starting pitching talent that they could trade from. So you could definitely see them lining up there, but the, the kind of big ticket item is the, is the top line starting pitcher. And they've kind of telegraphed that. And I notice I didn't mention Shohei Otani and that's where I get like realistic, but I do think in the same way that they kind of went very, much of full court press after Aaron Judge. I expect the same out of Shohei Otani. So realistically, I expect a legitimate pursuit of of Shohei Otani. But 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you, yes, it's very likely that they're going to get him. It's possible, but uh, I wouldn't, it, they're not, I wouldn't, I don't know. It's just, the, it would blow everybody's minds. So anyway, the next question is really important. It's about, are we going to see another Donnie Ecker situation, but this time on the pitching side? Because the Giants, they've, for all their faults, maybe not so much this year, but they've had success with pitchers. Like, think about what they helped Carlos, uh, not Carlos, Kevin Gosman become. He was kind of like just a guy who was bouncing around. And then they turned him into, turned him into a hundred plus million dollar pitcher or helped him become one. Carlos Rodon had a great season here. Alex Wood, Anthony DiScalfani, those guys were really good in the first year of their deals. Sean Manaya showed a lot of improvements last year as the year went on. So anyway, Brian Bannister and Andrew Bailey could both be out the door. Are we going to see another Donnie Ecker situation? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Jace Medical. You and I, we spend a lot of time talking together. We get fired up together on wins and losses. Uh, Who starts, who sits, what the lineup looks like, who's the manager. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today I want to chat about something that's a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, which literally applies to me coming up soon here, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you're covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical Life-Saving Antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Even ED generics like Cialis Viagra and Revadio prescriptions uh, go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. All right, as promised, Brian Bannister and Andrew Bailey. We are Bannister is already gone. I mean, he left before the season even ended. It's almost like um, people could see the Kapler firing coming, perhaps. I don't know. But anyway, thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first or your last, but hopefully your first listen every day. Uh, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And... Um, Every day or tomorrow on the show, we are hopefully going to get some news about the coaching staff. I, I kind of anticipate that that will be tomorrow that we get some news about that. And so that's definitely going to be our focus as soon as that comes out, what Bob Melvin's coaching staff is. Otherwise, we're sitting on a bunch more mailbag questions. We've got more top 50 free agents lists that have dropped and I want to get into 
kind of comparing contract predictions uh, because for some of the top guys like Otani, what did ESPN have to say versus what we already talked about earlier this week with MLB trade rumors. So anyway, that's all coming up tomorrow. But the next question right now comes from Daniel, who says, how concerning is it for the Giants pitching that Brian Bannister has departed and it seems Andrew Bailey likely will as well. Reports say he wants to go close to family on the East Coast. We saw the hitting struggle after Donnie Ecker left. What are your thoughts? And so my thoughts, I'm like less, a little, well, honestly, I'm, it is, it is concerning. And that's why I have so much interest in what the Giants announced their coaching staff to be, because I think Brian Bannister was is like considered like a guru for pitchers and like a pitcher whisperer like Donnie Ecker was for hitters and he was their director of pitching so he wasn't actually in the dugout he was just kind of like directing you know helping them make decisions on who to target Kevin Gosman probably you know like and that we can fix this guy if we do this and blah 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 and you know, there's like quotes from Alex Cobb saying like he's shocked that they let him go, for example. And so I think it potentially could have a, a significant effect. But that's why it's important that when they announce their coaching staff that they get the very best people they can get other than the guys that they're losing. And we don't yet know about Andrew Bailey. I would anticipate that that's part of the holdup is like, hey, man, we need you to make a decision. Are you coming back or are you going to, you know, go to that East Coast? Because I've heard the same thing, you know, maybe be the Boston Red Sox pitching coach. It's possible that they promote Andrew Bailey to director of pitching, which is what Bannister was, because that I think that they like having a director of pitching who's someone different than the on-field pitching coach. And so anyway, this is all just something we're going to have to see who the coaches are and what their reputations are. And I then I can answer this better. But we definitely, we don't, I mean, they got to upgrade the hitting staff because of the, they, they're still feeling the effects of the loss of Donnie Ecker. They haven't replaced him, it seems, in a significant enough way yet. And so they can't afford to, not even fix that and then also get worse on the pitching side. That would just be a disaster. Anyway, next question from Daniel, who says, who will be the Giants' primary third baseman in 2024? J.D. Davis could easily platoon at first with Wade, probably best for him given how he wore down in the second half last year. And Schmidt could use some seasoning at AAA to improve plate discipline. If not Matt Chapman, what free agent or trade acquisition? So I don't like that you threw that if not Matt Chapman because Matt Chapman is definitely the easy uh, guy to go to uh, when saying if it's going to be someone from outside the organization. Organization, Honestly, I mean, like you look at some of the young Reds position players and you wonder... I mean, I don't know how how available a Spencer Steer or someone like that. Jonathan India doesn't play any other position other than second. Um, I don't think that's this is the problem with Matt Chapman is that I've already discussed his his weaknesses and that 
Like, I'm not 100% sure he's that much of an upgrade over even J.D. Davis. When, and then, you know, MLB Trade Rumors predicted like a $150 million contract uh, for Chapman, who had some miserable, like, if you want to talk strikeouts and streaky, like, this may not be the player for you. Um, and so, but, so do you want to sign a guy like that who's not just like a clear, proven stud and then block a Casey Schmidt because then it really does block him because Chapman like is going to play every day and he's been really durable in his career and you've got Estrada kind of nailed in at second base as an everyday player at shortstop I guess Schmidt could become like shortstop insurance behind Marco Luciano but you've really kind of blocked Schmidt if you go with a guy like Chapman and so maybe third base is a position where they do want to perhaps roll back with kind of what they had this year and thinking that, you know, JD Davis could hold it down, but if he struggles or wears down, it creates an opportunity for Casey Schmidt or, you know, somebody else potentially coming up through the system. Maybe Marco Luciano slides to third and maybe, you, you know, someone in the system, breaks through at shortstop or you go out and sign a shortstop. I don't know. There's a lot of different possibilities, but they need to improve. And so the the issue I have is that if you just kind of look at the numbers for the last couple years, like Chapman hasn't been that much better than JD Davis. And when, because Davis improved defensively. So your question is who will be the Giants primary third baseman? I just have a hunch. I'm going with Matt Chapman, despite everything I just said. I just think there's there's a lot of connections there. He raises the floor of this team. He brings he's not a superstar, but he's a above average like everyday major league player with Bay Area ties and played for Bob Melvin. So I'll I'll say Matt Chapman, but I don't love how it blocks Casey Schmidt. So the next question is coming from who is it coming from? Um Jocks Burner who says, can you give a percent chance of where you think Otani will end up between the Dodgers, Giants, and others? So yes, I, I can give up, I can give my guess. I find it a little bit um I'm obviously a giant a biased Giants fan, but it seems that everybody is predicting that Otani goes to the Dodgers. Everybody, like all the experts, are just like Dodgers, 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 Dodgers. So there's where there's smoke, there's fire. There's probably good reason for that, and I think the Dodgers are gonna are gonna do their full court press, and they generally have success when they do that. But I think Otani is a special personality where he's not gonna be motivated by only like who pays the most. He's not gonna be motivated only by um, this team gives me the best chance to win. He might be. I mean, that might be the by far most important thing to him. But I have said this. I said it yesterday, I think. I'm not so positive that he wants to just join an already great team. I could kind of see him finding a team, like whether it's the Giants or maybe the Mariners, although we've heard that he... A team with a previously, you know, with a legacy of a great Japanese player that maybe he doesn't want to go there, like Seattle with Ichiro. And the Giants don't have that. 
And so there have been questions like, well, then maybe do they not sign Yamamoto because maybe Otani wouldn't want to like step on Yamamoto's toes or vice versa or whatever. But I don't know. The Dodgers, they're just such an Okay, so you want a percent chance. Um, I'm going to say that I, I think the Dodgers are probably the favorites, but they're not over 50%, if that makes sense. Like the combined odds of everybody else are higher than 50%. So I'll say Dodgers at 33% and Giants at 25%, something like that. Um, I know I'm only now at like 50 something percent. So there's really like the Cubs and the Rangers and the Mets and the Yankees. Like I wouldn't rule any of those teams out. I think um, the Mariners going back to the Angels, we've heard there's been some talk that maybe he wants a short, shorter term deal because of the arm injury and surgery that he's had. But I, I put the Giants up there near the top. Um but again, even though they're near the top on my list, I still have that would be like less than 25% odds. And it just depends on what the guy wants. I think that every team that is serious about signing him is going to offer him the crazy, you know, Brinks truck that is going to require to sign him. And it's just going to, I think it's going to, just like I said with Aaron Judge, and it's it came true with Aaron Judge. It just simply came down to what did he want? It wasn't about like the Giants weren't able to, you know, match the Yankees money wise. They did. They, he went to the Yankees and said, this is what the Giants are offering. You're short, New York. Uh, either match it or I'm going to leave. And they matched it and he signed. And that was that. And I could see, I mean, the Otani one might get like out of control. So maybe it's, maybe it's slightly different. But if the Giants really, truly want to sign this guy, I think it'll come down to what does he want and not what it's not going to come down to like who can afford it, you know. So that's my two cents on that. I didn't I mean, I just basically gave a couple of percentages there. I didn't add them all up to 100 percent, but he's going to sign somewhere. And I would consider the Giants among the favorites, probably the Dodgers. I would consider the favorites, but Obviously, there there are other teams in the mix, but not that many, actually. Not that many. Like, there's only a handful of teams that actually could do this. Anyway, more questions and answers like the following. Um, what about Jorge Soler? A lot of people have asked me about Jorge Soler. Is he a fit for the Giants? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do... All right, as promised, more questions and answers. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow. Hopefully we get the Giants coaching staff. Farhan Zaidi, he didn't, I'm not going to say he lied, but he mis-evaluated uh, how long it would take to get the coaching staff announced. He said seven to ten days on the day of Bob Melvin's press conference, which now feels like it was almost three weeks ago or something. Um, and so, yeah, we're well past seven to 10 days, but he earlier this week said that they expected to announce at least 
some of the staff, which again might have to do with certain guys like Andrew Bailey potentially being considered for other positions. And so, but he said by the, by week's end or something by the end of the week. And I, I consider that Friday and not like Sunday, but we'll, we'll see. But hopefully that we've got more mailbag questions. We've got another top 50 uh, free agents list that I want to get kind of run through as well with ESPN. And so a lot coming up tomorrow. So the next question comes from Septa Lamore. It's a nice name. Septa Lamore, who says, now that Jorge Soler is opting out with the Marlins, how much interest do you think the Giants would have in pursuing him? So this is not the first Jorge Soler specific question that I have received. Um, I actually had like, I don't um, that I like it wasn't an argument, but I was talking with somebody quite a bit about Jorge Soler earlier this year, like during the middle of the season. And when you look at the offensive numbers that he just put up, he hit 36 home runs for the Marlins, 341 on base percentage, 250 average, 512 slugging. Uh, the expected numbers even better than that. Barrel rate, fantastic. Home run to fly ball ratio, fantastic. Um, strikeout rate, manageable at 24%. Walk rate, over 11%. Like, it is hard to find fault with the offensive numbers. And, you know, given that he was like an everyday player, I assume he was good against righties and against lefties. And the projection for next year, according to Steamer, is 34 home runs, uh, and about 20% above average offense. And so when I when I talk about all that, it's like, uh, duh, they should be interested in this guy. But I don't think they will be. And it's for the simple fact that he is not a good defensive player. Uh, I can't claim to watch a ton of, of Jorge Soler, but if we look at in his career, negative 55 defensive runs saved. Stack has started doing uh, outs above average in 2016 and in his career, negative 24 outs above average ultimate zone rating, negative uh, 23 runs above average in his career in the outfield. And that's in uh, about 4,007 it's for in 4,017 innings. And so you're already crowded in, in the outfield. You're already kind of like quote unquote stuck with, guys who underperformed last year like Mitch Hanniger and Michael Conforto. You're, you've got Yastrzemski and Slater. You've got Luis Matos. You've got Tyler Fitzgerald. You've got others, Wade Meckler uh, on the 40-man and in your system, and Elliot Ramos, although I don't really see him factoring much into the plans. Uh, that is a crowded outfield. And then you say, okay, well, certain guy like Soler could be the DH. Well, I think that you kind of have to push – some of Conforto and Hanniger types into that DH role. Or if you try to sign Otani, like it just, I just can't see him fitting. I just don't. And then defensively, they just, they're talking about improving their defense. And I don't, I just wouldn't anticipate, despite the good offense, like that they go after a guy who just has a reputation uh, based on, the numbers and probably the eye test. I don't again, watch a ton of him. I think he has a good arm, but maybe outside of that, not so great, but I just don't see the fit. I love the offense. 
if this was elite, I mean, if you just needed a pure DH, then he'd be he'd be a good target. But I don't think they need that at this point in time. And there are other guys who could do that for them. And they want to upgrade in the outfield. So it's already crowded. And then you want to like upgrade. They're talking about upgrading in center field. And then so that definitely means you got to move guys like Hanniger or Conforto to DH. And then there's just no room. Next question from uh, Eaton, who says, "Will Far? Uh, uh, how will Farhan getting an extension possibly change how aggressive will be this offseason, knowing he has three more seasons left? So I personally don't think that it'll affect much at all. I don't think that Farhan Zaidi is the type to, like, I think the thinking here behind the question is like, if he was entering the last year of his contract, which he was before he was extended along with Bob Melvin, who, by the way, I'm going to keep pointing this out. Melvin demanded, uh, Melvin said, if Zaidi is not getting a three-year deal, I don't want a three-year deal. He said, I want to be simpatico. I want to be on the same contract as Farhan. Bob Melvin said that. Um, wait, what was the what was the question again? Um, oh, how will him getting an extension change how aggressive they are? Like the thinking being, if you're going into your final year and you've kind of struggled, like they have the last couple seasons, you're going to like, because your job's on the line, maybe be super aggressive to try to like save your job. But I don't really view Farhan as that type of thinker. I think he's like pragmatic and like doesn't get caught up in thinking emotionally, maybe to a fault. Um you know, maybe sometimes you want to just be aggressive and like just kind of go for something. Yeah, I think that they've lacked that actually. And so, yes, to a fault. But therefore, I don't think that it really changes at all. Probably the way that like they were going to go after big names, whether or not it's his last year, just like they did last year, but even more urgency this year um, because they had another down year. And they already felt the need to do it last year, coming off one down year. And now you're coming off two down years and you still didn't spend that money. It's still just sitting around waiting to be spent. And I see them being very aggressive and going after top names again like they did last year. But this year, optimistic Ben, I see them getting something major done. They're going to get something major done. You heard it here first. You probably didn't hear it here first, but that's my that is definitely a prediction of mine for for this offseason. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked On Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers, tomorrow, you may be you're probably listening to this on Friday because this they're coming out late because I moved and it's just been impossible to record during the day and I apologize for the weirdness of that, but um I may be able to record earlier tomorrow because it's a holiday. Um, but anyway, hopefully the coaching staff, I kind of want to wait a little bit on that to see if that comes out. But also mailbag questions, ESPN's top 50 free agents list with contract predictions. Look out tomorrow for all of that. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance, and thanks to everyone who's done so already. I can't wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.